Today's reading is from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. The Gospel of our Lord. We listen to stories and they change us and we share our stories and the sharing changes us as well. And so tonight we welcome uh, Beth and Jason McGrew King. Um, Beth works here. You might know her um, from out behind those pizza tables on Wednesday nights or in the, the Lenten soup suppers or organizing your mission and outreach service projects. She's our faith community co coordinator and her husband, Jason, works at Three Rivers Park District, which includes French uh, Regional Park right next door. So that's kind of cool. He is the Intergovernmental Relations and Communications Supervisor. Um, and they're going to talk about a vocation in their life, something that they feel called to, and how they are going about doing that and ways that they tried and ways that um, are in front of them right now. Um, so please welcome Jason and Beth. See if I can get up here without knocking everything over. <laughs> All right. Hello there. Many of you might be familiar with me, but I'm excited to get to share Jason with all of y'all tonight. And I'm just going to hold this because that'll be a lot easier if I can get this out. There we go, because I have a tendency to talk with my hands and to move around, and I have a feeling that Mike is going to go flying. So anyways, Jason and I met on a blind date back in 2003 and have been married almost 13 years now. And we have sort of an unhappy story that is ending up on sort of an exciting arc for us. And I'll kick it over to you. I think we were asked to share since we've been working toward our foster license in the time we've been at Mount Olivet. Beth and I talked about fostering kids when we were dating, but we planned to do it after we had biological children to help us hone our parenting skills. I think Beth was more earnest on that front initially than I was. I thought of it as kind of a far off maybe at that point. But family didn't work out quite the way we had planned. Instead, 11 years after trying to start a family, we find ourselves with multiple miscarriages, months of failed fertility treatments, an ectopic pregnancy, and no diagnosis or medical reason for the inability to stay pregnant or get pregnant. And the spacing of all of those events fueled this really gnarly hope, grief, wait cycle that made it really hard for us to move forward with another plan, especially for me. When we'd proceed with other plans, we'd discover we were pregnant and then get excited and then grieve and then wait, 
move on, and then this whole cycle would start over again. And in the meantime, I felt like walking a tightrope whenever I got asked the question, do you have children? I still don't know how to answer that question 11 years later because it's always a balancing act of juggling honesty without oversharing. And all the while managing this internal embarrassment and shame over my life story that somehow not having children makes me less of a woman or less whole or less holy. And that was a hard struggle to come to a place of saying, I'm okay and I'm not so triggered by those questions. But it always takes me about three years in my brain to come out with an answer five seconds later whenever I get asked that question. Looking back, the second miscarriage and the ectopic pregnancy really stand out for me. The second miscarriage rocked my faith. I remember praying for a healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby and afterward, I really wondered, where was God? Why was God silent? And it's interesting, because when you look back on that story, you see it as a really dark time. And I remember being furious at God. At the same time, it was this great moment of connecting with you and the way that we grieved together. So it's like this highlight in our marriage for me. Plus, there's that whole Dairy Queen cake thing. <laughs> <clears throat> on the day of that miscarriage, I asked Beth if she wanted me to pick up anything on the way home from work, and she said, a Dairy Queen cake. So I stopped a DQ on the way home from work, and when I brought the cake I'd picked out from the freezer up to the cash register, the employee who greeted me looked down at the cake, looked at me, and said, do you want anything written on it? And I paused. For me, it seemed like the longest, most awkward pause ever. He thinks this is for a birthday, or a graduation, or a retirement party, all the normal things that people buy Dairy Queen cakes for. I thought, and meanwhile, all I can think in my head is, happy miscarriage? And we laughed, and we cried, and we laughed, and we cried over that cake. <laughs> Fast forward a couple years to the summer of 2013 and our last positive pregnancy test. This time, things seemed okay, and we looked forward to the appointment for the eight-week ultrasound. But at the ultrasound, the technician said she didn't find a heartbeat, and sent us back to the waiting room to wait for a consult with our doctor. By the time the doctor met with us, it was late on Friday afternoon. She explained that it was an ectopic pregnancy, and while she didn't say it was an emergency, she urged us to decide to have surgery that night. I felt sadness and grief at the loss of the pregnancy, but also gratitude that Beth was okay. I was angry with God, but at the same time, the way God provided for us when Beth was in seminary was something I couldn't deny. So I grieved, but I couldn't write off God because of the experiences we'd had. And I had this zen place of utter peace about that whole pregnancy, right up until the moment that the ultrasound tech sent us back out into the waiting room. And coming out of surgery, I see this picture of blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus on the wall, and I just felt like I was being mocked. Um, and that whole sense of peace felt like this utter sham. And for a long while, it broke my confidence about what the Spirit of God sounds like. And I still wondered, where was God? Why couldn't we have a family? Then one day, I felt a nudge. There are other ways to build families. There are kids who need love and support. And I realized I'd been so focused on what I wanted and the way I imagined my life was going to be, but that left me blind to how we could actually help. 
And somewhere a year or two down the road from that loss, I realized I was asking unanswerable questions. Will God tell me whether we'll actually have biological children? God, why won't you make this better? And the answers I wanted were about God providing a baby. I wanted fix it, Jesus. And some of the God difficulties stem from mixed messages in the Bible story. Early on in the infertility story, stories about Hannah and 1 Samuel or Elizabeth and John were like such signs of hope. Somebody else has this experience and God vindicated them. I'm not the only one who's been there. Maybe God will do this for something for me. Uh, years passed. No vindication. And I spent a number of years racking my brain for that one thing that I did that caused this before finally connecting with Job and landing on this. Sometimes bad things happen, and following Jesus only for my self-interest is a pretty hollow sort of faith. I wanted a God who gives me what I want, a God who owed me something for my good behavior, not to love Jesus who'd already given me himself, to borrow from Miroslav Wolf. God's not a negotiator, God's a giver. And Jesus is always finding new ways to bring life from ashes. And at this point, I don't believe God handed us the lemons of infertility. However, I do believe God is very, the very best at making lemon meringue pie out of those same sour lemons, even if lemon meringue pie is not my first, second, or third choice. <laughs> <laughs> and just because our family story didn't turn out the way we planned doesn't mean God abandoned us or that family isn't possible. There's room in our home and in our hearts to give and children who need it. And life bubbles up sometimes where I least expect it. I wanted the 2.5 kids picket fence and stability, and I got angry at God when my life didn't turn out exactly the way I had mapped it out. But because of how I had seen God provide for us while Beth was in seminary, I couldn't deny that God was out there and God loved us. So I decided I had to make a choice. I could either keep being angry at God for something I felt I was owed, or I could ask God to help us use our gifts to help people. Beth and I started to talk more about how we could help give kids love and support they need. We explored options and decided that foster to adopt through Hennepin County was the right choice for us. We recently had our last home visit with our social worker and we anticipate our foster license will be approved in the next few weeks. And so as we wrap up, know that if you have questions or you want to talk to us about this further, know that we are totally open to that. We're pretty public with our story, so there's not really anything that shocks us. But to create safe space for us, I'm going to ask you to hold comments that sound like so-and-so adopted and had biological children. I know that they are super well-intentioned, hopeful things, but they feed this really unhealthy, poisonous thing in me. And so in the midst of excitement over changes coming in just the next few weeks, the challenge for me and for us is holding on to faith and giving ourselves permission to have excitement over what's coming and not just waiting for the rugs to get pulled out from under our feet. But perhaps that's always the challenge for all of us is leaning into life and faith instead of holding back afraid. Thank you guys so much.